don't think that by just moving around to a team or away from a team or to a national brand or to an indie broker, man, you're just taking your problems with you. Don't think they're going to solve them. Hey guys, it's Brian Eisenhower. Welcome to the show today. I've got an interesting topic I want to talk about. And I, I just spent last weekend uh, speaking at a real estate conference and talking with a lot of people. And I got this question quite a few times, a little more than normal. So I, I felt it necessary to, to address it with you. And, and the question is, what is the best real estate brokerage model out there for agents? Kind of a loaded question. As many of you know, um, we have a real estate coaching and training company and we coach and train many of the uh, highest producing brokerages, teams, and agents across North America. So it's kind of a loaded question. I mean, we're kind of agnostic when it comes to which is the best brand out there. So I'm going to attempt to answer this loaded question in a diplomatic way, but I think that, that, that gets the point across and answers your questions about it as well, too. Eisenhower Coaching's Custom Training Suite is your company's own custom-branded training website loaded with Eisenhower Coaching's powerful training courses for real estate agents, teams, and brokerages. With video lessons, audio lessons, downloadable course workbooks, scripts, tools, and systems, with quizzes and action steps for accountability and implementation, managers can also monitor agent performance with detailed reporting. Agents can earn certificates and degree designations abbreviated after their name in signature lines, online profiles, and marketing. Easily create your own customized courses for local topics like file compliance, MLS systems, contracts and disclosures, CRM training, and new agent orientation. Use ICC's course training materials in your own office training rooms with our downloadable and printable student workbooks, instructor's manuals, instructional training videos for each class lesson. The Custom Training Suite is your own custom branded training system that is changing the game for real estate, teams, and companies everywhere. I've got to date myself and give you a little history about real estate uh, brokerage models and their evolution over, over time. And it goes back to even before my time. I think many of you know my dad was in real estate for close to 50 years before he passed away about 15 years ago. So I was raised in a real estate family. Um, I was I had the opportunity to become a, a managing broker and a broker owner when I was in my 20s. I, I guess that's an opportunity. I didn't really, my, my dad, my dad's health wasn't the best. And so I didn't really have a choice. I kind of had to run his company and then, and then uh, kind of created my own from there. But with that being said, you know, he did provide me some amazing mentorship at a young age and, and a lot of exposure to the industry and, and, and a lot of the history, um, which I've later confirmed through my relationships over the time. And I can, I mean, I can take it all the way back to the 1950s and 60s. You know, we'll go back to, you know, when Century 21, everybody was wearing those mustard jackets. And back then, I mean, a 50-50 commission split model was the norm. Getting that training and mentorship from a brokerage was at a high all-time value. People really valued that training and that coaching and that mentorship and and the ability to to you know convert leads uh, that were oftentimes provided by the brokerage from just being able to sit floor time, you know, sitting at the front desk, answering phone calls that came in off their advertisements, off their signs. Uh, and getting coached on how to convert those leads into clients, 
there was high, high value back then. And over time, you know, you started to see the emergence of the the prudential realties, the better homes and gardens, the Caldwell bankers that competed in, in a very similar way, but their model allowed for them to start decreasing the amount of compensation that the brokerage takes out of each transaction. So all of a sudden you'd start seeing, you know, 65%, 75% commission splits out there offered to agents and agents would then jump around and, and, and move to those brokerages that, uh, that offered uh, more favorable compensation to them per transaction. And as that moved around and that jumped around, you, you know, you would see all of a sudden the, the, the landscape of the real estate industry start to spread out a little bit because people were jumping into that. And that, and that, that kind of con continued all the way up to 75%, 80% splits. Moving into the 1980s with the emergence of Remax, Remax really brought in the first new model. I mean, they they, they were they build themselves as a hundred percent company. I mean, outside of a national uh, royalty that was paid or franchise fee that was paid to you know Remax, the mothership, their their international company, a certain percentage of that might be retained by their by their local branches or regions. They offer an opportunity for you to keep, you know, 100% of your commissions, but for that national fee, if you paid what was then considered a hefty amount of desk rent and net net, that was much cheaper. So that spread nationally across the country with top producing agents that really didn't need the mentorship anymore. Uh, Remax at first at least build themselves out as uh, being able to be where the top producers go which is often how national brands start, just to let you know. And we see that even today, that, hey, we're where the national, we're where the top producers go. And they started that way and because it was much cheaper. Hey, I'd much rather pay, you know, let's say a thousand bucks a month rent, $12,000 total per year than I would if I sell 25 homes and I'm, and I'm given 20% or 30% to the broker owner. So they made that logical jump over. And of course, today, Remax does market themselves to new new agents, and they also offer commission split options. And you know, I'm just I'm I'm going back to the 1980s when when they first kind of came out, and 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 how the majority of the world saw themselves, and then how they marketed themselves to, to the majority of the world. And that that new model, that 100% model, they called it, really really took off. And then shortly thereafter, moving into the 90s and and, and the turn of the century, Keller Williams started to spread across the country. Uh, at a high rate because they introduced the commission cap on wide scale, right? So all of a sudden, even though their agents, KW agents, were on a commission split of 75%, 70%, what have you, the amount of commissions that the brokerage would take for them would cap out at a certain amount per year. So they could only pay, let's say, 20000 per year, 24000 per year, even the national royalty uh, that they charged would cap out as well too. So that made it much more competitive even than Remax. So then KW started to spread in the same deal. When KW first came out there, they said, because of that commission cap, we are now really pushing for just the high-end agents because we have a commission cap in here. And even if you sell a ton, uh, we cap our, our national royalty and our commission cap, where at Remax, if you're going to continue to to pay, you know, or continue to work there, you're always going to have to pay that national franchise fee. So that was KW's big, 
big push for a long time. And, and, and a lot of top producers, agents, and it also happened to coincide with the evolution of the real estate team during KW's reign. And, and um, a lot of the training and, and materials put out by Kid to be at the time allowed for the real estate team to to really associate themselves with KW and that commission, the commission caps kind of helped with that as well, too. There's the emergence then. And then we started to see the next big brokerage on the rise after KW turned into EXP. And they're very similar structure to KW, except the one tweak that they made. I mean, yes, they they kept the commission cap inside and they they did, you know, you know, they they build themselves as a cloud brokerage, a cloud model. So they don't have large brick and mortar offices all over the place. So that cuts down on the cost. They don't have to charge as much. So they did reduce the amount of commission cap they had. And they and they did um, you know reduce the national fees and the caps that agents were charged underneath. So they they actually were able to go cheaper because they cut out a lot of the costs that agents didn't see a lot of value in, which was brick and mortar. A lot of the the local owners, the uh, the local uh, regional directors, weren't in place taking a percentage of the fees and the and the, and the local. Um, the local broker owner, you know, the local branch or franchisee or franchisee owner was removed too. So it was enabled the ability to share back more. And the way they shared it back wasn't so much in the commission structure, but it was in something that KW pioneered, which was profit sharing. Um, EXP then, you know, referred to it as revenue sharing, right? So they started sharing revenues. And it was a much more substantial amount of revenue that was being shared back than typically through KW profit share because they cut out a lot of these middlemen, and um, or at least that's the the argument behind it. And they, you know, they they actually took their company public, and then they were able to give shares away to agents that joined the company, and and offer the ability for um, some true employee ownership in a national brand as opposed to profit sharing at Keller Williams, which offered a substantial ownership in the local offices as well too. So that little tweak was made. Now, of course, since these tweaks have been made, KW has adjusted their stuff, just like Remax adjusted their stuff and, and EXP's even adjusted their stuff. So I'm, I'm kind of explaining to how things occurred when they first came out and how this evolution creates mass migrations of agents because quite a few agents then left KW to go to EXP. Uh, and you can see the evolution. You'll hear like KW copycatted EXP, and now you're going to hear EX, and you're already hearing EXP people saying people copycatted them. And, and that is true because then we see the emergence of some other new brands. I'm not sure which chicken is before the egg here, but you see this national growth of real, the real brokerage, and LPT, now revenue sharing companies that also have commission caps and things like that. And or LPT has more of a flat fee model, whereas Real has a you know commission-based model, very similar to EXP. So you're starting to see all these different compensation structures adjust and, and move. And you're seeing, quite, quite frankly, over the last you know 75 years, that's what I'm referring to right now. I am not 75 years old. I want to make sure everybody knows that. I, I am north of 50, but I've been in this business for 35 plus years, but I am I'm not 75, but again, my, my dad, my dad was. So over that period of time, you've just seen the, the broker split reduce tremendously to the point now where, I mean, back in the day, you know, you see everybody's dream to be this broker owner because that, that seems like the natural evolution. I'm going to get my real estate license. I'm going to become a successful agent. Then I'm going to be the broker. I understand nowadays, you know, typically the people that make the most money in this business oftentimes are the agents within the broker rather than the broker themselves because of that dwindling amount 
you know, the diminishing return of the evolution of the brokerage. And oftentimes we're seeing that um, because the agents just don't see a lot of value in their, in their brokers over time. They, they just say, I'm not getting anything from my brokerage anyway, so I might as well go to where it's cheaper. And, and you see that a lot. And you've seen new national brands emerge because of it. And they're trying drastically to add value through technology, through revenue share, through a say in how the brokerage is run, you know, some, some ownership even. You're seeing all of that happen. You've also seen, you know, with this revenue sharing and that, you know, oftentimes the way people are compensated to increasing profit share or revenue share or, or, or what have you is based upon your ability to attract more agents to the national brand, not necessarily within your real estate team, if you, are, if you have a team or you are a team leader, but if you can influence someone to come join your national brand, you then get an increased amount of profit share and or revenue share, depending where you're at. And then you can get some passive income that way. You know, as you stay with that, that national brand, you're going to get paid kind of a chunk of the revenue or the net profits, depending on where you're at. Um, so that's very attractive to people too, is, hey, wait, maybe I can go over there. That's some value I can get. I can actually get some income rather than just worry about how much I pay them. And, you know, the more people you bring, it's kind of created this new little existence. Um, you know, I think in Keller Williams, it's referred to as a downline. You hear it referred to as a network of people. So they're not necessarily agents in your team and they're not in your brokerage. It's this kind of in between. It's this group of people that, that you've cultivated that, you know, kind of go with you and, and, and they join because of your influence. And if you continue to market and cultivate those people and add value to those people, um, a lot can be received out of that. Um, then they will tell more people, hey, it's better to join with this person because this person still keeps adding value. Don't join the company with that person. That person's great, but you know they don't keep adding value to you like the person I joined with. So you, you start to see that word of mouth thing grow and it's created this new emergence. So it's not just people, not just agents on a real estate team or agents in a brokerage, it's agents in your downline or network or what have you. Um, and that's created a new opportunity for passive income, a new opportunity for community, a new opportunity for networking, influence. Um, lots of different things have come out of that. So I mean, kind of neither here nor there, but we as a coaching company have really actually had to develop systems and tools to help people, you know, try to try to really get the most out of the growth and development of their own downline or network. And almost like you're working as a sphere of influence. There's a lot of similarities there. And how do you how do you continue to retain that influence, grow that influence, add value? Pretty neat thing. It's a new emergence. And when you're on the outside looking in like me, I get to be objective about all of it. And it is it is kind of fun uh, to help create some of these new systems and 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 help watch uh, these new areas of opportunity evolve out there in the market. Another thing you're seeing coming, you know, another new evolution is of course the indie broker, which actually the indie broker, it's been around for a while, but it's really growing. Uh, you know, and that's the the te you're also hearing called the teamerage, where they open up their own brokerage because they're tired of playing, paying the mothership. So they open up their own brokerage, get their own office. Maybe they do. Maybe it's brick and mortar. Usually it is brick and mortar, not always. And they open that up. And they don't associate with any national brand because they don't want to pay them. And they don't want to you know, pay for fees or anything. So they're just going to you know, 
handle everything themselves. And this is very popular too. And they're going to open up their own national brand, their own brokerage, and they call it Teamridge, right? It's just my team. Everybody, it's not a traditional brokerage where people just hang their license and you pay them a split. Teamridge means people are actually all have a specific role on the team. So you might be a buyer's agent, a listing specialist, a showing agent, a showing specialist, an administrative person, a marketing person, a you know, all the different different team structures out there, you know, we have specific roles and we operate together, not a bunch of separate people that hang their license. So those kind of work too. And then now you're seeing, you know, those team ridges actually be within national brands, right? Because that opportunity to get profit share or revenue share or what have you actually more than compensates the cost they have to pay to the brokerage. So you see that as well. So all these different things merge around depending on who you are. And I will tell you this. I mean, don't think that, okay, this is real important. And I want to make sure you get this. It's probably the reason I'm doing this whole thing. And I'm, I'm, I'm sticking my neck out there and trying to talk. Because all these brokerages are great. And we coach people at all. And have and, and have. And I've, I've worked at a lot of them and recruited against and for and some. They're all good. And I, it really depends, you know, on the local situation and who you know. And, you know, because they can be good and they can be bad, I suppose. But the thing I want you to remember is there's two things that need to happen for you to be profitable and successful at both of them. By moving to a national brand, you're not just going to be successful, okay? Like if if I say, okay, I'm, I'm at one brand and I want to go to this brand that offers revenue share, don't think that because you're at that brand, you're going to get a bunch of revenue share. You're still going to have to recruit. The brand won't do the recruiting for you. And recruiting is the hardest thing you can do in this business. It's much harder than lead generating for listings. So if you don't like to, and don't think that being at any of these companies is going to get you business, you're still going to have to do some sort of uncomfortable activities to put yourself out there to get business to come your way, whether that's lead generating for real estate sales business or recruiting for agents you're still going to have to do it. Now, you might be more comfortable doing it in one place than the other, but it's still not going to be comfortable. That's not comfortable for anybody. Um, you're talking to someone who's lead generated and recruited at the highest levels himself. And I never enjoyed any of it. I mean, it, it was work. It's like I don't enjoy sit-ups and I don't enjoy eating some foods that are good for me. You know, I, I don't like spending time doing those things. I'm very self-aware of that, but I do like the results. So I am in tune with those results enough. So don't think that by just moving around to a team or away from a team or to a national brand or to an indie broker, man, you're just taking your problems with you. Don't think they're going to solve them all. Um, and I see people giving credit for that. You know, like I went here and everything got better. Guys, you know, and I know that sounds great. And sometimes you're trying to promote your, you know, revenue share, profit share, whatever, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but you actually probably changed your behavior too. And so don't sell yourself short. Um, understand that. Don't sell yourself short. It's really important. And brokers and, and leaders, um, same thing, man. You're a leader. Don't just look at the national brand. You're going to have to do your thing to grow your you know, network or brokerage as well too. Um, you're going to have to put yourself out there. Because um, recruiting is hard as well. Like I said, it's the hardest thing. If you're a great recruiter and you can recruit at a high level, 
you're the golden goose in real estate industry. I mean, you're the person that can grow things. You're the person that knows how to extend your influence. Um, and you don't make all the excuses. Oh, we're just going to be selective like every other person out there that can't recruit, right? Um, and then I look in their brokerages and I have no idea how the heck they're being selected. It's like, what are you selecting? Just the ones that agreed to come with you? Like, because there's no other basis that I see. They'll They'll try to say integrity or morals or production level or... I, I don't know, you know, all the different crazy things that we use to judge and characterize people. Um, I, I think we're into more judgment than, than we are into actual discernment there. Um, and, and that gets dangerous because what, what ends up doing is you're selling your own growth and your own, you know, dreams and goals short when you start to make those type of excuses. Um, and then you start to jump and make lateral moves to other situations like the grass is always greener just because you think by going there it's going to make everything better so it's very important that we understand that um all these brokerages are good and and the people at them are all good and and you're talking to someone who's been knee deep in it you know for his entire career it, it is what you make it like it's very important that you're if, if you want to change in your environment you you need to change yourself that's the first form. That's your foundation, man. If you just carry all your baggage over to a new place and expect it to solve things, if it does solve things, it's really going to be short term. It's fueled off of just the excitement of going to a new place. And sooner or later, that too will dwindle, which is why you often see the same people jumping from Remax to Keller Williams to EXB to this to that. To, and they just they just tend to migrate thinking that they're, you know, they're they're moving with the herd, but they themselves have never been able to lead generate and never been able to recruit because they never looked at that internal change. Um, and it's real important that we do that here. Um, you've you've got to either make yourselves recruit or lead generate for business or both to get some sort of success in the real estate industry. And that is something that we absolutely got to solve. Um, don't expect any brokerage to do that for you. You can't do that for somebody else. If you're running around going to a place that's going to give you leads, boy, make sure that's short term to get your get your feet underneath you because sooner or later you are going to need to learn how to fish and not just take the the fish people give you, if that makes sense. But hopefully that that gives you kind of an overview of the evolution uh, of the real estate model and that and that give you a kind of a a feel you know, as to why it's never been more important for brokerage owners and leaders to add value to their people, uh, because that, that amount is dwindling. Um, and now the public's starting to get, you know, a real negative perception, uh, over the real estate agent with all these lawsuits about commissions being filed. And they're basically, people are speaking out saying, Hey, we think they're getting paid too much because we're not getting value from our agents. Well, boy, that should be a wake up call past the agent all, all the way to the broker owner. And, they, and they've got to find a way to get their agents to want to learn and continue to be learning based and want to be coachable and learn how to get better at their craft because the public's saying they're not worth the money. That is what's being said. Now, I don't agree with that, nor do I believe it. But you will see that the rich get richer in this business. You know, there's about 90% of the agents don't do much and 10% of the agents get all the business. And that's because they know how to make their clients happy and get their clients to come back to them. Um, I know a lot of agents out there who do not think that the top agents are the best at customer service, but there is a scoreboard here and they're winning. So it's easy to sit there and complain and say, yeah, they don't even answer the phone when I call, but why is 90% of all the business going to that one agent? 
I don't know. The public seems to think they're doing a great job with customer service. So if you're one of those people that are making all these excuses out there and wondering why you're not succeeding, it's because that agent also knows how to lead generate. And when you lead generate or, or that broker knows how to recruit. And when you when you do that, you 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 generate extra income, extra excitement, that extra revenue and extra income. You can put a lot more into your customer service and retention systems. Um but if you just make excuses and just say it's going to be you that influences people and it's going to be you and you're going to build a shrine onto yourself where everybody's got to worship you and that you don't scale very well, trust me, it's going to require a lot of you and you are going to have health problems and you are going to go on vacations and not be there for your clients and you aren't going to be able to provide the type of customer service that the many can provide that your competitors are doing understand you're kind of you're kind of believing your own um your own bs there so make sure make sure that those excuses don't get in the way of you lead generating and recruiting because that always has to be a part of your business one way or the other and if you don't believe me just look at the people who are at the top of the leaderboard um they typically get it they really really do and and oftentimes those are our clients too and there's a shameless plug over eisenhower coaching and training we hope you pick up on that as well too so guys i hope this helps explain for you thanks for being with us today and we'll see you on the next show thanks for listening to the brian eisenhower podcast you can learn more about icc at eisenhowercoaching.com that's i c e n H-O-W-E-R.com. You can also enroll in one of our many online courses at ICCOnlineLearningCenter.com. That's ICCOnlineLearningCenter.com, where you'll find the most expansive real estate training library in the industry. We also offer custom training portals for real estate teams and brokerages looking to give all of their agents access to our expansive course list of courses and training systems. Some companies even take it one step further by purchasing versions of our courses and systems that are white label branded to their specific real estate organizations. Also, be sure to subscribe to Eisenhower Coaching's YouTube channel to watch new video content that we put out each and every week. And again, be sure to join the fastest growing Facebook group for top performing real estate professionals by searching for the Real Estate Agent Roundtable Group. With all of that said, thank you again for joining us today. And I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of the Brian Eisenhower Podcast.